It doesn't matter if it's the catwalk, sidewalk, or hallway, or even if you're getting a snack from your work fridge. I slay. It doesn't matter if you're having a good brow day, bad brow day, good skin day, bad skin day. Don't matter if it's PMS and you feel a mess, or if you're feeling blessed because I slay. Because you slay, we slay. This is I Slay the Podcast. What's up, Slay Nation, and welcome to episode two of season two of I Slay the Podcast. It's Erica Celeste, the Golden Goddess, signing on, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. Go ahead and introduce yourself. It's me, Fee. Hi. <laughs> and it's me, C. C. <laughs> All right, now let's get into what's poppin'. Oh, girl, the way you sipping, I know you got the tape. Spill it. Spill all of it. Ooh, I know this finna be good. You know what? Let me go get some popcorn so I can find out what's popping. All right, y'all. This coronavirus got the world on pause, but it also means that we've gotten way into t- reality TV. Now, for this episode of What's Poppin', we'll be talking about some highlights from Love & Hip Hop Atlanta and Love & Hip Hop Miami. Because even though outside may be iffy, the TV is boiling hot with tea, okay? So first we're going to talk about Kirk and Rashida on Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. So if you've seen um, one of the more recent episodes, you see that they're starting to wanted to leave a legacy for their kids. So they're opening different businesses. However, they open up a restaurant um, and put their kids in charge of it, but they're having some issues with that. So they're seeing reviews posted that the food's good, but the service isn't great. And there are some things that are falling behind and they left one of their kids in charge of this particular restaurant. Um, but the child actually has no experience. Now, would you put your kids in charge of a your business if they have no experience? Well, I mean, I understand what they're doing. So I think it's admirable. Um, I would have someone shadowing them uh, simply because I wouldn't entrust how much money they invested, maybe 100000 uh, maybe a million. Who knows how much money has been invested. So because of that, not thinking that my children couldn't be able to handle something as significant as a business, but I would definitely have someone shadowing them to make sure that they are taking all the proper steps needed in order for our business, family business, to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it was a lemonade stand, like everything has to have some type of structure, mm-hmm. some type of management um, and guidance. And um, like Fee said, you know, it's, it... it we see where we're going. You right. want to have that family, that generational wealth, and pass it down to your kids. But, you know, bad news travels faster than good news. So the food could be great, but the service is not good, and they're getting a lot of complaints. You know, they're going to lose traction before they even get started. So in order to have a successful business, they have to have a game plan. They should have been trained, send them to school, get them an internship, apprenticeship, something. But you can't be upset that it's not doing well when you haven't um, prepared them properly. Exactly. Especially in a place like Atlanta. Like, Atlanta is booming with a lot of successful restaurants, especially Um, When people go there, you know, they definitely go for certain restaurants. And I feel like even if you can hire people, like corporations do this all the time. You can hire someone temporary whose job is to be there for a year and to help you kind of get your business off of the ground and train your employees. That's their job. But they're also managing your restaurant. And while that's happening, 
your child can literally work for a couple months at a time in each department. That way they can learn it and how it's supposed to be done. But also have them take night classes in restaurant management. Right. Because you see all the time on these reality shows, like um, like these restaurant rescue shows where people leave their business to their child. Their child doesn't know what they're doing and the business goes under. Right. Especially to have such a new business. Like you're, when you invest, when you open up a restaurant... You have to have your employee salary for like uh, the first year. So you have to think about renovating it. You have to think about rent. You still have gas and electric to pay. You still have food to order. Overhead. Overhead. Like how many times? Insurance. All of that. Gordon Ramsay show. Have you seen like restaurants run by people who don't know what they're doing and all of a sudden they got moldy food in the freezer because the person running the business doesn't know that you have to put dates on it. That certain food can't be near other food. Like, you can't just open up a restaurant, especially yourself, not knowing what you're doing. Right. And then all of a sudden, just leave it to your kids. Even if you're yourself, like, they're not, it's not like they're retired and they're leaving their business to their kid. No. They're getting into this, too, and they're new. I understand that they have a lot of different businesses that they're running, but you kind of still have to have your hand in everything, not just going back and checking in on them. Like, they're not in high school. You're not checking in on them doing homework. Right. This is a business. <laughs> Like, you guys make any profit yet? All right, be back. Like, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> you have to like, nurture it. They have to know what they're doing. And they're just chilling and they're just having fun. And you also have a kid who's just flirting with the employees. Like, no, you can't do that. Like, you trying to get sued? <laughs> Your parents got money. Like, you get sued, the businesses will get shut down. Your parents will lose everything. Exactly. And I think that because of the age that they are, they're not taking this as serious as they probably should or even if you're going to open up a business find out what your child is passionate about first and invest in that and hold a percentage of it and then once you're paid back go back and do a smaller percentage just like they do with shark tank Mm -hmm. like i give you this investment for this stake in your company i take you know 50 percent of the profits for the first few years until my money is made back and then i reduce my you know ownership to five or ten percent or whatever and i understand that you know, you want to give your child a leg up, but you don't want to throw them into, you know, the pool. Yeah, to throw them to the waters. <laughs> the sharks. And the sharks in it. Like, like Good luck, everybody. Like, it doesn't work that way. And I think um, because they've been in the industry for, for so long that it doesn't seem, from well, at least from a viewer's point of view, that they've had to work for mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, silver spoon type of kids. So... They're just put in a position like, oh, like it's given to them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's fine. And they don't know the ins and outs. They have it started from the ground and worked their way mm-hmm. up to really know how the whole operation of a business is mm-hmm. run. What re- really goes into um, running a business, mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the indifferent. They're just kind of like put in position. So like you said, they don't really appreciate it. They don't understand it. Right. I give them an ultimatum. Like if, like, look, you have two years to figure your shit out or you have one year to figure your shit out and then you got to get out my house yeah like if you're not figuring out what you want to do and making some money you can't live off of me yeah i'm sorry you can't do nothing with my name like don't no i'm not giving you nothing like figure it out Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you know there are some kids who are like second generation you know who are just like well i'm sorry they're first generation wealth 
and they just want everything handed to them. But it's like, no, you need to make your own money. Can you use your parents' name to give you a leg up? Sure. Can they invest in you? Yes. But it's not something that should be automatically given. Right. And their parents are, are giving them the keys to the empire yeah. before they're even old enough to retire. Like, well, And not even that. Like, if you use your parents' name to get in the door or to get a seat at the table, can you keep your seat? Right. Like, I let you in. Now what are you going to do with it? Exactly. Because we've seen a lot of kids who have rich parents who fail their first time out the gate. Like, Diggy Simmons' music career wasn't great. Right. His first time, but at least his kids were are trying to make it on their own, and they're not trying to live off of their father's money. At least they tried, because he's now revamped his career now that he's older, mm-hmm. and he's but he was still on tour even though he didn't really do all that great, you know. So it's like soon I would anticipate even Diggy Simmons uh, seeing him come out with some new music now that he's on a television show now. Right. But it's about using those, using what you have to get where you want. But not de- just thinking they're just going to give you money your whole life. Not being dependent on it. Use exactly. It, leverage your resources. Expand your networks. But it's like if, if, if you're Diddy and you give me a business card and I never call you. I'm calling. It, it's, it's nothing more than a business card with <laughs> exactly. Diddy's number. Right. That doesn't. What do you do with that? What right. do you do? Like even with Vanessa and um, Angela Simmons, they always went to Uncle Russ's office when mm-hmm. they were doing pastry. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I do this? Can I do this internship? He always hooked them up with different opportunities to learn and to grow. And, mm-hmm. and they, they were successful. Then they weren't. Then they branched out to do other things. But they right. kept recycling those tools to and they're making build. their own money exactly i want pastries to come back out can we I have that happen because i used to rock them all the time pastries and baby fat yeah i couldn't afford thing. it back then but now that i can't i want it you know <laughs> i feel like i was deprived of that bring it back they bring back everything else oh i would get it once it hit marshall's <laughs> <laughs> all the baby fat stuff once it hit marshall's i was like let me get this backpack let me get these tennis shoes yeah i was baby yeah. fat queen uh but i had to go to new york to the garment district so i always got like the you know the the booster the booster version (laughs) all right so also on this episode we saw an issue kind of flare up with young jock and his fiance now she wants young jock to get a vasectomy because he has eight kids she has none but she does not want to have kids is it too much for her to want her man to get a vasectomy um (laughs) no She can't get a tubes tied because she hasn't had kids. Right. Like, if you haven't had two kids, you legally cannot get your tubes tied. I'm for her not wanting to have, not wanting to have children. I'm not for her pressing him to get a vasectomy. Reason being, she wouldn't accept him well if he were to pressure her. Because even though she does not have children, she's not a spring chicken. So, technically, she is above the age to get... Her tubes tied is only at a certain age limit and a certain amount of children that you can't have that procedure done. She's past that age. Mm -hmm. Um, So she could elect to have that done if she wished to not have children. But just as if he could not pressure her, she should not be able to pressure him. That is a major, no matter how small. Yes, a man's surgery in comparison to a woman's is less invasive. um, But it's still a surgery. Mm -hmm. It's still something that he should absolutely have the ability to say yay or nay in as well as she 
Um, however, if she's forgetting to take her birth control, and that's a very significant thing. She doesn't want to have any more children. First of all, you have to take an account of who you're with. If you're with a man that has multiple children, you never know how many more children he would like to have. That should have been a conversation prior to the engagement. But he but doesn't want to have any more kids. Yeah. Like he, he wants no, the option. He, he wants the option. Well, I thought he did want to have a child with her and that was the first hiccup because you remember really before want. he proposed to her he he almost put it on pause like wait a minute what you mean you don't want to have kids and she's oh, like i just yeah. don't want to be another baby mama type right. of thing so That's he no longer wants he, kids no he said he want no he never said i thought he, he changed his he mind wants, when he, he like wants proposed. the option of having oh, children right okay well, I, I, I get that firm. He doesn't, or she can simply get a depo shot. You can get yeah. a Paragon. You can IUD, do a multiple, something. IUD. Go ahead. There's multiple things you can do in regards uh, with both of them eliminating surgery. Right. If that, you knew what that man had prior to you coming, he should not have to change, uproot his life because, or the way he does things, <laughs> literally, um, simply because of you. you. You're into his life. Y'all are into each other's lives. There should be a morphing of the lives, not saying, oh, you need to snip, snap. And right. I think it's more for her comfort, though. But I think it's more for her level of comfort because she knows that when he's in relationships, he cheats. Even though he may not have done it with her, he's seen this in the past. So for her, I feel like it's like if he's willing to commit to me, even if, let's say, he does step out, right, then at least I am I know that he won't bring be bringing any more kids in because I make a lot more money than he does. So once we get married, his money, well, my money is our money, and they can come after me for my money. But if you had to go through all of that, why why, why are we doing this? You you know, like I just I don't understand like why she's that, with them. That's but, like you know. people trying to have kids to keep a man, and you try right. to get him to not have kids to, like... People won't cheat if they want to. They're not going to cheat if they don't want to. Nothing you can say, do, possess, provide is going to make somebody do something or not do something. You know, it's with it's innate within that individual. You know, so if she wants to be with a man who would like to have more children and he wants to be with a woman who does not want to have children, they have to figure out. Yeah, they got to do that. It is yeah. what we want. Who you are, how much I love you, is it big enough to overcome right. these two things? Are these two things big enough or small enough for us to 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 combat? Yeah. And where's the compromise? Because like Fee said, if you're the one who doesn't want to have children, then you need to be maybe get your tubes tied, right. or you know, you get on the depot or the IUD, or just make sure you take your pill religiously you right. know because you're the one who doesn't want to have children if you feel like not having children is or or him getting a vasectomy is going to stop him from doing this or doing that it's like that i just think that's too much i also feel like neither one of them really wants to get married to be honest mm. i feel like jock is yeah. doing this because they feel like it's something that he is supposed to do as a man and i feel like that's also the same reason why he does not want a vasectomy because he feels like he's losing a piece of his manhood. Right. Now, do I think Young Jock is a uh, homosexual? I definitely do. <laughs> I definitely do. Because he's he's been broke. Like, he's dating this woman who makes way more money than he does. This man was literally driving for Uber and it wasn't a commercial. Like, it I'm wasn't sorry, a, what? He was driving for Uber. And people were like, wow. is that Jock as my Uber driver? Yo, he's like, man, don't record me. Like, it was hilarious. But 
He's not. Why did Google just popped up? Young Jock Uber. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh. he's, you know, he's date like every woman. Every time you look at an episode, like over the seasons, he was either living with someone else, or living with a woman, or sleeping on someone's couch. But it says his net worth is eight million. But I know that's assets, not cash. He did that right. It's not liquid. To show. It's he not has liquid. a whole bunch of kids, so yes. you don't know if he was behind on his child support. I don't think so. I think he did the Uber thing to open the conversation that any form of income earning should be respected and commended. He's actually working with that. Um, what he was driving with was not Uber. I forgot which company that it was, but it's for... Oh, it was Uber. Yes. It wasn't... Oh, it, 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 he said out of his mouth that it was an up-and-coming. It's a different branch. It's not Uber. It's a different ride, um, ride, sh- ride and share that he was working with. That was from one of the interviews. For a ride, for a ride share app. So it's yeah. not, which is not Uber. Right. So that's why he was doing it. Not more so because he's um, lacking. I think that Jock can handle any children because of a hustler that he pre- uh, presents himself to be. Seems like a hustling type of man. So he will provide for any children that he did have. I do agree with you. I don't think they really want to get married. If you really wanted to be married, these are conversations that you would have had in the first few months especially yeah. knowing how many children not a, he doesn't hide his children um from the world um so you would know about that that would be a conversation that needs to come up however it feels like her name's kendra right yeah kendra? it feels like kendra's trying to run their engagement very much so like a business and when you do that it fails very fast mm-hmm. so i would like to see actually if they were even able to get to the wedding and if they are able to get to the wedding can we get past the first year because i just don't foresee it happening yeah Yeah, i i think it's i don't know if because i do feel like yes she approaches it like a business sometimes i feel like for black women once you get to a certain age and you're not married and you don't have kids like there's a lot of outside pressure yeah so i feel like a lot of successful women are more so taking what they can get in some respect because if she was really like wanting love, I mean, I know in Atlanta it is hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta's just a, a little bit. Like there are certain hubs where I, it's a lot harder to date. Like I know LA is hard to date. Yeah, I know that New York is is hard to date in New York. So like the, a lot of those major metropolitan cities, it's a little bit harder just because you do have people coming there for a dream. And there are people who are dating to network. Yeah. And there are some people who are superficial, but they're also playing the dozen, you know? So I don't, sometimes I definitely feel like that relationship is more so of like, I'm going to take what I can get and I'm going to make this work. And that's sad because, I mean, you see the memes. Like, what was the one meme? Um, You know, uh, what what did it say? Like, um, Men marry who they want, and mm-hmm. women marry who they can. Yeah, and to an extent, man, it feels like it that. feels like yeah. there's a lot of truth behind that, and especially when you get to a certain age, it's like okay, like like the other memes say, like you got two. If she's thirty and over, you got two weeks to uh, propose, to do this, to do that. You got one thing to say wrong, and you out of there because like we don't have time for situationships, BS relationships, mm-hmm. playing around, what you doing, text messages all day long, and. Um, from the beginning of their relationship 
being shown on Love and Hip Hop, mm-hmm. you already seen the cracks. Cause mm-hmm. just like every girlfriend he's ever brought around, how long y'all been together? Eight years, ma'am. This the other season only ended six months ago. Right. <laughs> he was with, with somebody Carly else for Red four years. And the girl that they called Miss Piggy, cause wasn't she a lawyer too? She was a lawyer, the bus driver, the the carpooler. She did the laundry. She sold real estate. She did everything. But it's right. like she he was with her for this amount of years. So I'm like. I, I'm not the best at math, but I swear the seasons <laughs> come a on lot of once. Overlay. <laughs> it's a right. lot of overlay. It's a lot. I just don't think that a lot of times these relationships are built on um, the right thing. It, like you said, it's approaches a business. Um, you have outside pressures. You have your own, you know, um, timeline that mm-hmm. you want to meet. And it's just like stop forcing puzzle pieces that don't. They don't fit. They don't fit. Yeah, I feel like that's the same thing with Sierra and BK, too. Because oh, I don't... But we're going to talk about Sierra, but not with her relationship with BK. So, Sierra and her ex-slash-baby-daddy shooter. Now, on this episode, we all know that there's a chance that Sierra might go to jail. Now, the whole situation is that there was an event, and Sierra... Well, Shooter's pregnant other baby mother is saying that Sierra tried to fight her while pregnant. And when you try to fight someone while pregnant, it's big and there's a whole bunch of charges associated with that. Sierra's saying that that never happened. She would never swing on a pregnant woman and Shooter was there as a witness. Now, Shooter's saying that he will not testify on Sierra's behalf because he promised that after his son died, he would never step foot in a courthouse ever again. And he ain't no snitch. So it's like he's in a weird position where it's like he well, the reason that he gave, I don't think it's the real reason personally. I think it's because do I have my other baby mama who's pregnant right now give birth in jail and go to jail for filing a false police report? Or do I let this play out in court and my other kid's mother may have to do a year in jail, but she's better off financially than my other baby mother. So he's put in a weird place because of this situation. But how do you feel about him not wanting to testify on Sierra's behalf? For that reason, the reason he gave, oh, bullshit. Yeah, the reason he gave is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. I extrapolated the other one. Yeah. But it's like... Yours made more sense. I go with yours. Yours made me think. But his... But he literally said, she wasn't there for me when my son died. Yes, she was. But y'all just broke up. And he was cheating on her. Right. With her homegirl and employee. And still got your baby mother pregnant. (sighs) Ah. Burn. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you are are bursting at the seams. You got got shut in the set. No, I mean, that was an advocate. I agree with Shooter. Ain't got nothing to do with him. Um... Mm, and it's a rock and a hard pace. He's the father of that other woman's children as well as Sierra's. She can probably take care of Sierra's children. Um, I, I don't like the court system. Because Sierra has kids out, has a kid. Uh, one child outside. by him. She has a son. What, one child by him and then the other kids are outside of him. Right. Yeah, her daughter is outside of him. But, um... No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't step in the court. Especially regardless of what they went through. If he said that in regards to his son that he would never step in court unless he himself had to, then that just is what it is. If Sierra knew that, then that just is what it is. Yes, they had their history. But that was exactly that. 
history. history. He doesn't owe that woman anything. He doesn't owe her a thing. He doesn't owe her a nickel. He doesn't owe her a glass of water. And I think that's what our issue is in the world. We expect people to owe us something just because of a relationship that we once had once a day. Doesn't that account for anything? Well, my God, no, it doesn't. Yeah. That accounts for nothing. You need to pick up. You, she's a millionaire. She is a net worth of a million. She has plenty of money. Get yourself a good lawyer. You won't go to jail behind this. Get yourself a good lawyer. Get the right backing behind you. And you don't need anyone to testify for you in court. I don't blame Shooter. But she also knew who she was with. If he was a street dude before you came up with a case. He's going to be a street dude after the fact. This type of idea or mentality didn't just come up. She even said it in the show. Oh, you too street to testify? My God, he was too street when you first got with him. He's been a street nigga. He didn't just turn into one. Mm-hmm. He's been that. So any street dude that I know, they don't go to court regardless. Their own Somebody could have been murdered and they won't testify. But if you know that walking in the door, that that's how someone is, why never think that... So it's going to change for you. Right. Like, you're not that special, my dear. If they hold this mentality across the board, right. across the board, why would he change it for yeah, you? Yeah, I would have hired, like, if you I was Sierra. Lawyer. Yes. Yeah, especially having the, having the money that she has with her businesses and everything, She's even if she got to take out a second mortgage on her home, like, I hire a PI. I get the best lawyer that there is in the country yeah. to fight this. My thing is, if you did it, you did it. If you didn't, then you didn't. I don't, right. I don't really need anybody to testify um, on my behalf or not. You know, if I did it, then shit, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta pay my debt. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was big enough to put myself in that position, that I have to be big enough to deal with the consequences if it went left, right, or you know, whatever way. Um, like Fee says, she don't, she don't, don't owe her anything. Um, that is a bad habit of, well, we went through this, we went through that. You know, you owe me, you owe me, you owe me. But, I mean, where was that mentality when he was cheating on you? If y'all was together, right. <laughs> he, if, he didn't, he, if he never owed you anything else, it was during that time. So, now that he's moved on and he has somebody else pregnant, that alliance is now with her. But just right. that he has nothing to do with it, per se. And here's so, the thing as get well. your lawyer, lawyer up, prove your innocence, go about your business, or be found guilty and do, do your time. Right. And my thing is, in, in today's society, nobody got their interactions on camera. Word. Nobody, nobody recorded anything. Like where did it happen at? Uh, it, it happened at some party. So oh, somebody, somebody. So I would have if I I would have hired a private investigator, and I would have had them get the list of every single person who was at that party. I would have every single Instagram video, whatever from that night. Like whatever footage you got, send it to me. I will pay you a hundred dollars. Like if you got a video of that night. You a hundred dollars, I I get it. Like, mm-hmm, send mm-hmm. me that video, and that people would have been flying out the woodworks, sending footage of that night. Do you think Sierra trying to get Shooter to testify on her behalf was just uh, a power struggle, or just to to level up or have a one up above her, above the the baby mom? I hate that term. The the mother of his I hate child. that term I hate too. It too. Just comes <laughs> off your tongue, but just. To have one up on her, like, see, I got him to testify on my behalf, or just to show some type of allegiance, or, you know, like you guys were saying earlier about feeling that she's owed. Right. Because it's clear that she doesn't need she's him to testify. Hurt. She doesn't need him, yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to, to prove her innocence in, in this situation to begin with. But it's almost like she wants him 
to do it just to say right he did it right because even like she had tried to pull like carly red as (laughs) as a witness like (laughs) no she ain't trustworthy for shit we know that she lies all the time like do you know how if i were the the if i were um the lawyer on the other side because that would yeah if i were like the plaintiff state's attorney, I would pull up the show. This half a lies all the time. She's not a credible witness. I would discredit the shit out of her. <laughs> like, like yeah. I don't think she was thinking about this strategically. I think she was taking it personal. Yeah. Because of the way that their relationship ended. And, you know, even though she was there for him when his child died, maybe not in the capacity that he may have wanted her to be because she did move on. But I think it's also revenge. I think it's also him, his hood mentality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Because, again, as you said, you can't force no hood hood dude to go to court and it's not his own trial. Like, right. A lot like, of them no just parts. aren't going to step up. Just like they're letting people out of jail because of the coronavirus. Yeah. This, woman, this white woman coronavirus. her ass Before they change their mind. Before they change their mind, I am getting the fuck up out of here. <laughs> Like she was she, still putting on her she pants right now. Life. <laughs> <laughs> she ran for her life. You're getting real. So, uh, so let's talk about um, Love and Hip Hop Miami. Now, there was a lot of drama on there, but the one thing that is the biggest thing that low key pisses me off is this whole Amara La Negra and her ex boyfriend drama. Now, uh, if you don't know about this, all right, so here's here's the sitch. Sound like impossible. Here's the sitch. What's the sitch? Wait. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, Amada's dating this guy, right? And he feels like another homosexual. Okay. Mm. He feels like another one of them. So, she, Amada expresses to Prima Donna that she's having this these issues with her man. Not knowing that Prima Donna is friends with the ex-girlfriend, that he was with like six years ago. So she has all of these bad things to say about him. So she's like, well, Amada needs to know. So they have lunch. Amada thinks that it's just going to be prima donna and Amada having lunch. Cool. All of a sudden, the ex-girlfriend comes. Mm. And Amada feels ambushed. Right. Because she didn't warn her or nothing. Because they were there for a few minutes before the ex popped in. So she's like, look, hear her out. You know, and she's telling her all these things that to Amada feel familiar. So there are these things that he did to her that Amada's seeing in her mind like, oh, shit, he's still doing that now six years later. So she's saying that he was saying that he was focused on his music, had nothing coming out. <laughs> that he was working on all these deals. Nothing was coming out. He what didn't want to lift a finger to go to work when they were struggling. And Amada's like, yo, the same thing's happening to me right now because now with Amada, she left her manager because he screwed over Trina. And all of a sudden, he's like, I want to be your manager. Let me be your manager. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to get his hand in the pot, too, of her money. He's he's an opportunist. So they get into an argument, Amada and her boyfriend. She starts throwing stuff. It becomes really heated. They break up, right? Everyone's putting pressure on Amada for them to get back together, you know, especially his sister, because she's friends with his sister, Toxic. right? 
So, you know, Amada's like, no, you're doing the same things that you did to her, to me. Because it's like, well, at the end of the day, if you feel like, especially with this lapse in her career, with not having a manager, and he's trying to come in and be Captain Savaho without the experience, I see where she's coming from. Because yeah. he's living with her. He moved in fairly quickly. And he's, like, carrying her purse. Like, he's not really doing anything. Right. In, in terms of bringing in money. Because I don't know what he does. And honestly, I think his sister did the same thing. Because remember, she was with um, she was with somebody from Pretty Ricky. But when she was, yeah. The big, the, I think, the, what, what's, God damn Blue? It. Yeah, I think she dated Blue. Really? Okay, I must Yeah, she was dating, no, huh? Shay? No, sh- not uh, Shay. Shay was no. dating, um, Shay's the one that always has the terrible wigs. She she was dating the lead singer. And yeah, she dated somebody else. And then Little Scrappy and some other people. On the yeah, other yeah, yeah, yeah. She's. But Blue was dating, <sighs> Google. Yeah, she was dating one of the members of Pretty Ricky. But no, I didn't know what. I think she was in music videos beforehand. But when's the last time you've seen her in a music video? Mm. Like, what did she do outside of love and hip hop? She was, I guess she was the love part of the hip hop. Because I guess their breakup was fresh when, when they first started the Miami show. Right. Because it was Trix X who left him because he started. Well, they revealed that later. Right. But like. Okay, so keep going, story. I know it's kind of long, my bad. But pre-Madonna, Tsukihana has this brunch, right? This, like, brown girl come together magic. Because she talked about how, in this interview, about how when it comes to music, it's harder for darker-skinned women to make it in this industry because the labels will support lighter-skinned women. We all know this, right? Mm -hmm. This this to be fact. Like, we've seen it happen in Baltimore, there were two artists that they had to pick from. One was light skinned, one was darker, and they picked the lighter skinned chick. Yeah. And she she was okay, but she still struggled and it didn't make it. So it's like the other girl was a little more talented, should have picked her. But I digress. So Amada starts talk because they're all talking about their struggles as darker skinned women. Amada starts talking about her being Afro Latina and how she never really fit in with black people. But she never really fit in with Latinos either because they said she was too dark. So she's and then um, Prima Donna's like, well, what do you identify as? Everybody in a mama knows that Amada La Negra identifies as Afro Latina. Right. It was a whole big thing the, the first season. Well, three episodes based around it. <laughs> in the first season alone. <laughs> like the first season, every interview, people ask her about her being Afro Latina. She struggles with that. She is very clear. Right, that. you're Latina. Why do you have an Afro on? Right, so a lot of you know, so people are like, yo, there's this tension. Like, what's going on? And pre Madonna's like, I don't understand. You know, in her mind, like, I don't understand what was wrong with what I said. But it's like everybody knows that she identifies as Afro Latina. Like, why are you asking her what she identifies as and being smart about it? So they kind of get into an argument because Amada's mad at her because she felt ambushed and she felt like if you're trying to be my friend, you shouldn't ambush me and at least not give me a heads up. Right. At least once we get like, hey, I invited my friend, but my friend, you know, I felt like I wanted to invite her because 
she can give you a little bit of an insight into your current relationship because she used to date him. If you don't feel comfortable, you can leave before she gets here. But I just felt like as your friend that you needed to hear her out. Mm-hmm. None of that happened. Mm-hmm. So Amada was pissed. And they got into a confrontation about that. Now, do you feel like Prima Donna was wrong yes. for yes. bringing the ex-girlfriend? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Yeah. Plus tax. Yeah, that was just all the way wrong. Like like you said, don't ambush your friend. Give her a heads up. Um and that's just embarrassing. I mean, yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but I would I would just be really embarrassed, especially if I knew internally, like, I'm experiencing these things, I'm seeing these things, I'm somebody who wears my, uh, my emotions right on my face, I do not have a poker face. So mm-hmm. if you're sitting in front of me, and you're my current booze ex, and you're telling me all these things, mm-hmm. one, I don't give a shit if my man is, like, the dogs of dogs. You're not going to talk about him to my face and I'm going to hold my poker face. If not for him, for me mm-hmm. to to protect the safe face, you know. So I'm not going to sit up here and engage like, oh yeah, girl, he does this too. And I'm not, I'm not showing you my deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And I don't need you to tell me what he used to do, good, bad, or indifferent, because all I care about is what he's doing. If I'm not comfortable presently with what he's doing, with what I'm seeing, with what I'm feeling, with what is being said, I don't care what he did six years ago. I don't need your input. I don't need you to vouch for me. I don't need you to um, give me type of validation for what I'm seeing or feeling. You know, that isn't... So to, to be set up, to have that person in front of her, it's just the whole situation was just messy, embarrassing. I don't think that was cool. Um, she's not a friend. No. Um, what's the good lady name? Um, Talk about Prima Donna? Prima Donna. She's not a friend. Um, there was no way, no shape or form that that was just simply there to bring light to it. If you're my girlfriend and I feel as though there's a situation that you're walking into that is not copacetic, I have information from specific people, I'm going to possibly just simply come to you first. Yeah. Let you know, hey, boom, I talked to this person. Off of this rib, this is what's going on, just to bring in the light. Amada is going to be triggered because she does have her own insecurities outside of that young lady who came and gave all this good information. The first thing I'm thinking is, what if I? What are your intentions? Other mm-hmm. persons, the ex and prima donna. Because why would you bring this this to me? Such detrimental information to me. Um, and then Amada, sometimes I feel like the, she can be easily steered. Not saying that the guy may be all the way right, but in no way, shape, or form, anytime should someone be able to come into your current re- relationship, no matter who they are, and dictate the movements of it. So if you had a concern, give me that concern talking about prima donna. If you have a concern about my relationship and how things are being brought, you come to me directly. You should never have ambushed her or mm-hmm. ambushed me in any way. I should never walk into a situation not knowing what I'm walking into mm-hmm. if I'm walking into it with a friend. Right. As far as Amada, the way she handled it thereafter, I thought was messy because you allowed your emotions and not your logic to navigate the conversation or the situation. You got yeah. emotional before you become strategic. You need to be strategic in your moves. Whether he had a hand in her money, whether he had a hand in everything, always got to play your life like chess. Mm-hmm. Be strategic. Don't jump. Yeah. Think about it first. Have a conversation. Yeah. Draw up a plan first before you cut her. All right, I'm going to cut all this off. I'm going to stop dealing with this fool. And then you're left, and you're left with, 
questions. Oh, I should have asked him this. Oh, mm-hmm. I should, maybe I should have handled it this way. Then. Yeah, she gets hot. To, yeah. yeah. Take time. Give a minute. She close with her mother. You needed to take that time, get quiet, and go to your mom. Or get quiet and her go to your don't have no chill, though. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Her mom has, like, zero chill. Yeah. Her mom done cleaned floors, wiped up shit, and um, did everything on herself to make that little girl something. Mm-hmm. She ain't got no, she ain't gonna have no, she ain't never gonna have no chill. Mm-mm. She worked too hard. As far as my, a modern and a good, whatever you know, da, 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 is going. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? She's never, um, she's never gonna be able to pay back her mother everything that she sacrificed for. So anything that her mom does say moving forward, mm-hmm. she kind of does owe her. Right. Greatly. Because mm-hmm. you're the, she's the only reason why there's tacky furniture in that house right now, baby. Exactly. plastic. <laughs> Let's get, don't get too cute. Honestly, I, <laughs> and they rent those houses. Doesn't homeboy look like her boyfriend look like the little boy off of Little Rascals with the hat? Oh. Nobody. I watched this. I watched him. Wait, what? Little Rascal. The only black person on the Rascal. No, not. And he wore the hat. I I, I already did everybody a favor. And while we've been talking, I You found it? it? Because I need the visual Um, presentation, please. Bam. Doesn't it? Oh, (laughs) shit. I forgot about him. I believe it is Kevin Jamal Woods. I believe that is his name, but that's the gentleman I think God that damn my it. boyfriend um, now I can't unsee resembles. It. Sorry. Can't unsee it. It's there. <laughs> Just my uh, my, you know what? Okay, so I'm very strategic, right? I do believe about sitting, sitting on the information, being strategic, right? So what I would do is be like, look, babe, I would have t- tested him. I would have been like, look, we would have sat down and been like, I no longer have a manager, right? So that means that there's nobody paying for where we are right now. We're going to have to either downsize or I'm going to have to increase my bookings. And because you're on the show, you're going to have to do the same and see if he works. See if he works to help the household. If he's like, oh, let me be a manager. I'd be like, I don't want to eat where I shit, you Mm -hmm. know? Don't get your money when you get your honey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, look, you figure out whatever you love now that we're in this space and we have this platform. You figure out what you want to do, but I do want to keep business and our relationship separate. And if he gets pissed off and start throwing a hissy fit and starts to be manipulative, then there's the door. See, I don't... Yes and no. I think I'm going to decide it. I don't even want to say an age, which is a point in my life to where I'm not testing nobody no more. If I'm talking to you as your mate, as your as your partner, your girl, your lady, your whatever, and I'm letting you know this is what's going on. Because I can pillow talk with you. I can talk with you. You're my partner, my friend. You know, I, I should be able to come to you with these issues. If I divulge this information about what's going on, good, bad, indifferent, no manager, da, 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 if you don't take that conversation, mm-hmm. take that information, do something with it without me having to strategically set up Mm-hmm. The, the you know the, the stage for you to perform then that that's too much I shouldn't have to put you in position me just telling you uh, uh, somebody who really cares male or female is going to take that initiative to be like alright I didn't hurt her this was going on I bet let me get this done you know without mm-hmm. her having to pretty much put all the ingredients in front of him and mm-hmm. giving him the instructions to make the cake. Like, you should be able to say, look, I need to make a cake, and he go out and get the ingredients and go ahead and make that shit himself. So all that testing and seeing what you're going to do, people are always going to show you who the true colors are. Uh, so, uh, yeah. 
and 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 back back to prima donna like you said you're real strategic you sell information you find out how things are I know that's my fault. Like, that's a big flaw of mine. Like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So, all that strategy stuff, I'll sit up there and have a whole plot in my head. Like, this is how I'm going to do it. And the moment I see him, so it's like, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't work. I think she just needs to go ahead and go with her gut, go with her instincts, get her business together, put her ducks in the row, and, and forget about what somebody else will or will not add to it. Yeah. Cause my thing is also can uh can these people stop going to the same puppy stuff puppy store? Right, it was because Amada La Negra and Young Amada Jock La both La went La to. Negra. <laughs> yes, it's, it's Amada La Black Chick. Okay, because no. it's the Latina. Because because Negra oh. is black. I know. And then Ah is female. So it's Amara, the, the black, black lady with the fro. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, God. I mean, it's, it's better than being called Negrita. Because that means little black. And I yeah. feel like that's racially offensive. Mojo. But that's what they call people. But it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I, that to me feels like the Spanish N-word. And I don't like it. I don't like it. That's how Moyo feels to me. What's that? Non-black, a non-Spanish um, person or so, Moyo. Basically mm-hmm. a black person. Mm-hmm. I can't stand when I hear that in a conversation. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, know. I never heard I that. I never heard before. it. I thought you were talking about... A, Moyo. Oh, that's, a, that's okay. Adobe. I was thinking about the spice. I'm sorry. No, not Adobe. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like Adobe? Oh, oops. I mean, uh, that's... Uh, that was a lot. I'm sorry. Hip hop drains me. How is it? And then Black Ink is 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 giving me heart palpitations. I gotta watch this past episode because it's a crossover episode. Talk about being petty. Like this is like the Madam C J Walker story, but tattoos with Black Ink. I don't even know what to say about the way. (laughs) I feel like it's like the competition, you know. Because all right, so catch me up, E. Because all right, so there's this whole drama with Kitty, right? And Kitty, there was a rumor that she slept with Ryan, right? Right, right. So that hurt Caesar's heart. She's good for her. That hurt Caesar's heart, right? Number one, that's the homie. He put him on in terms of the show and helped his business become popular because he wanted to look out for him. And he he wanted Black Ink, the television series, to become a series like Love and Hip Hop, right? Because he get a percentage of the cut, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're friends. Kitty supposedly sleeps with Ryan, it gets back to him, he tries to handle it, and then eventually ends up firing Kitty. Kitty goes to Chicago because of uh, Caesar and the relationship between the two shops. She's made friends with them. So, um, uh, what's her face? Oh my god, what is her name? One of the girls' moms passes away, Mm. right? So they go to the funeral, and Kitty goes, because she recently lost her mom. Okay. So she wanted to, you know, be there for her and she's been there before. So um, her and Ryan are also getting a little bit closer at this than being down there for her for the funeral. So then they, you know, get back and Charmaine, there you go. That's her name. Charmaine lost her mom. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, and Charmaine is also very pregnant. She's had a baby. Yeah, she's had a baby now, but at the time time. she's still pregnant. But she also opened up her own tattoo shop. So Charmaine's like, like, hey, why don't you come here? Help me out with my shop because I'm about to be out, you know, from having a baby. I need your help with my shop. Things aren't going right. All right. 
So she's spending more time with Ryan because she's in Chicago and it pisses Caesar off mm-hmm. because that's the first place that you run to. Knowing I was already upset about the fact that y'all slept together in the first place. So now it's a black ink versus nine mag type situation. War of the tattoo shops. And they actually like get into a fight and even black, uh, even see, I keep wanting to call him black Caesar. But <laughs> 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 I mean, it's true. He's black and he's Caesar. But, um, <laughs> but there's supposed to be the showdown because of it between the two shops. And Caesar says that he wants to open up his own black ink in Chicago. They kind of go back, you know, fire back at, at Ryan. That just seems like they're about to try to do a, a spinoff of a spinoff. Like, that just seems <laughs> like they're just, like, really setting the stage for, like, more TV. I, I mean, freaking love Kitty. If she gets her own dang show, I'm trying to tell you, I'm tuned in. Kitty in the city. <laughs> I, listen. listen and she can move back to D.C.? Listen, I slay said it first. Kitty in the city. I would I would tune in. I bet mm-hmm. y'all DVR. Fighting and trying. <laughs> no, Listen, I love, I love Kitty. I don't think she did anything wrong, and Caesar gets on my nerves. Yeah. I don't like Caesar. You're not this king. You're not King Tut. Yeah. And you put your Johnson wherever you decide to put your Johnson. That's and if Kitty wanted yet. to be Kit Catting around with anybody, she should be able to Kit Cat around. And you and Ryan wasn't best friends. Y'all right. never would. And not more than some ego. Mm-hmm. A little like, bit of ego. Like that That's it. Ego, go, sir. You done slept with everybody. Duchess can probably come back and name a few. Mm-hmm. So why can't Kitty get her little thing going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And please, I mean, I would like to see it. I would like to see it. If something gets leaked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say when you say it. Oh, I got it. Okay. Something, right. something, listen, let me see Ryan with his little present curl, baby. <laughs> Fling that drone back like they do. They flick their hair back. Even Ryan gets some. I used to have a crush on him. I'm I like, did too, but he's cocky. He's yeah, cocky. He's yeah, like cockier as, as I like it come out. It's a no like, for me, dog. It's like you finally got your your kid's mother. She was leaving the first season with the kids. She came back. They got back together, and he still messed it up. Like, come on, bruh. <laughs> you trying to fight for your family, right? I want, my, with the I want my family back. Oh, and then right. you mess up. Because you got all this love, well, not a love of hip-hop, but all this black ink pussy that we thrown at you seven ways from Sunday. But uh-huh. you sleeping with the homies. Like, no. Exactly. No. Exactly. No. Like, you done slept with two of your friends. Like, female friends. Like, no. Mm-mm-mm. No. Now, I wouldn't want to be on the flat with that wall. He'd probably be doing it too pretty. Like, he'd probably be looking at himself in the mirror. He'd probably make you do work, all the work, and just be like, I don't feel like, I don't want to sweat my curls out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the one wearing the bonnet. Yeah. And he probably it's has like, his hair wrapped. Like, ah, like, don't pull my hair. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop. No, stop. No, no, stop. He probably moans. He's probably a soft moaner. That's okay. No, it's not. First of all, it's fine. It's <laughs> not. It's fine. It's fine. I'll wrap his hair for him. I don't give a damn. Where's the motions at? Let me help you. <laughs> Let me help you. I got you. Hell no. I'll tell you. <laughs> like, are these my duckbill clips or yours? Let <laughs> me Ricky what they call them. What they call them. <sighs> All right, y'all. So- so recently, 
Um, Netflix actually released Self Made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. Um, and we actually all had the opportunity to go ahead and watch it. Now, we, Fee and I have heard about this for a while um, because when we went to the Essence Beauty Carnival, we actually had the chance to meet the great-great-granddaughter of Madam C.J. Walker, um, who is also named after her, her aunt, um, Alelia Bundles. Um, and she's a very, very sweet woman. We had the chance to actually sit and, and talk with her, um, about kind of, you know, her whole experience. She's even wrote in a book on a matter that the book is based off of, but, um, in this documentary, and here's actually the quote about it, um, from Loya Bundle. So she said that in order to appeal to the audience, writers and producers have to use creative license to add tension and drama to the story. The series, the series hinges on Madam Walker's conflict with her competitor, and this is very exaggerated from what actually happened in real life. There are also characters included that didn't actually exist, but they are there to help develop certain themes. People should not take the series as fact, they should take it as entertainment. So, um, in this, in this series, there actually were a couple of different themes. But first off, before we get into uh, the themes of this particular show, did you, the whole series on Netflix, did you like it? Yes. I, I, I don't know how to f get it out. So, yes, I liked it for the entertainment purpose. Mm -hmm. But I'm tired of our history just being entertainment. Yeah. Like, I don't like, oh, for... You know the purpose of Hollywood. Let's add this. Let's take that out. Let's let's manipulate this this historical fact. I don't I don't think our history, while fascinating, should be used as a tool for entertainment and ratings mm -hmm. because this is a time where our generations, the kids, the teenagers, the adults need to really be educated mm -hmm. on who these people are and like what you and I were talking about before we recorded. I really felt some type of way. Mm -hmm. Like, wait a minute, what you mean Madam C.J. Walker stole this woman's formula? And right. she did this and she did that. And then we read up what really happened. I'm like, well, why the hell would they say that? Mm -hmm. Well, not the stealing of the formula, but kind of like the whole relationship between her and Addie. Like, right, the it, character Addie, real life Annie. Annie, yeah. you know. But it's like, why would you do that? Because what if somebody was not like us and mm -hmm. did the research to find out more of the backstory. Mm -hmm. That's like fake news. That's like when people repost memes and, and make it fact. Right. You know, and it's like, that's not true, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like, yeah, it was a good show, but it just feels like a, a nonfiction, you know, a like, show. Right. Like they could have used different names and it would have been entertaining. Yeah. The fact that they used her name and some of it's not factual, you're like, hold on, but I thought this was supposed to be, you know, pretty much a biopic about her life. Mm -hmm. Like, it's inspired. Inspired. I know we all can't know exactly what happened. Yeah. But there should be some some account somewhere. Some somebody's diary. Something. Yeah. Just like when um, the investment for her factory, mm -hmm. you know, she had she invested her own money. But why is it being portrayed that she was seeking investment? You know, I just I just understand why certain things were manipulated names, yeah. maybe a few other events, little fillers here and mm -hmm. there. But just to, you know, chop and screw actual things and have people walking around regurgitating mm -hmm. misinformation right and, and i just yeah, I, yeah I, i'm just not cool with that even though i was entertained so if that was their purpose you know mission mission accomplished mm -hmm. fee what do you think about it i think 
Um, hmm. I liked it. I did mm-hmm. like it because it opens the idea. I mean, there's people that don't know who Madam C.J. Walker is, mm-hmm. period. Right. So just to open the conversation and have a little more education um, is wonderful. I do believe that the way that black history is displayed will always be slighted. Mm-hmm. I do believe our history is greater than what will ever be portrayed. Um, and the reason that is is because a lot of our ideas were stolen. Mm-hmm. And so for them to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth in any type of biopic, any type of movie, any type of anything that's on screen, that will then have to, that will take away from a lot of other people that want that recognition. Mm-hmm. We will never have that. I think Not, a lot of that stuff is coming out, though. A lot of it is coming out, but a lot of it hasn't. There's mm-hmm. information that I know on some um, historic facts, like Martin Luther King was a hoe. <laughs> like, there's stuff that you know that if you want to hide the truth and you want to hide the facts, you put it in a book. So I think that for as, as far as movies, they displayed it every, everything wrong. But mm-hmm. if we were to pick up a book and actually read about these Read people, her book, yeah. We would know the actual truth and know how to point. That's why the book is always different than the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we read the book, but if you want to hide any truth, if you want to hide the truth from black people, put it in the book because they won't read it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the old saying. Mm-hmm. I'm probably rudely yeah. translated. Yeah. You want to hide something from a black person, put it in writing. You have to know. Don't expect anybody outside of your race to teach you about your race. Yeah. You will be constantly looking down a rabbit hole. Learn about your race because you want to learn about your race. And yeah. understand that any movie about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Madam C.J. Walker, uh, Rosa Parks, um, is always going to be slighted. It's mm-hmm. always going to be an entertainment aspect of it because all that we have ever been set for is entertainment. As to why Dorothy Dandruff couldn't even step in a pool um, without having the whole thing drained. Mm-hmm. We're just simply entertainment and have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bojangles, you know, drive turkeys and all that and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, until 2050, that's how it's going to be. You have to educate yourself outside of an entertainment world. Yeah, I kind of, after I started reading more and finding out that some of the stuff in the movie wasn't true, I started to think about what we were told as kids. Because even some of the facts that I started reading were stuff that as a child I was told was truth like we were told growing up that madam cj walker invented the perm right we were told that she invented the hot comb right yeah right we were told that she was the first self-made millionaire and even that's called into question yeah because they're saying that um the character Addie, which is annie her real name is annie um turn turnbow mount mount or whatever but like it says some stuff says that she was the first black um you know self-made millionaire and uh, you know some stuff is saying oh well madam cj walker didn't become a millionaire until after her death but growing up i feel like there were certain things that we were told for the culture's sake Mm -hmm. because i know growing up a lot of times my excuse me my parents were so focused on me knowing about our culture and there's a lot of things that we're starting to learn about people that we were you know yes she did a lot of great stuff for black people i will never take that away from her and i feel like that's why they gave her all of these accolades but she didn't invent the hot comb Mm -hmm. the hot comb was already invented years before it was actually a black person invented it but they were using it on white women with curly hair to straighten it so the teeth on the comb were finer she adjusts she changed the teeth on the comb to be whiter to work for african-american hair 
that's that's what she did and she bundled it and she was great at marketing right and and you know she was great at talking to people and you know so i do feel kind of slighted because i feel like they wanted us to aspire to be greater because of look at all these great people black people in history and what they did at times of adversity so yeah i do believe that there are a lot of stories that didn't make it out you know that were adjusted to give us something to have hope for you know which was their justification at the time and i understand that but i also feel like i would have understood the truth yeah i feel like i would have understood yes there are a lot of things in the movie that even i know about even from my own family history like madam cj walker got married at the age of 14 my great great grandmother had had to do the same thing she married an old guy next door who died a few years afterwards um just like the same thing that happened with my great-grandmother she married this old guy had a kid by him had like two kids by him he died a few years later Mm. just so they could be able to like usurp that land and kind of build wealth for the family and how you know it did talk about yes people just disappeared because they were lynched i have a theory that's something that happened to a lot of my relatives you know or how about you know after Emancipation Proclamation, some people weren't free for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know, actually happened. But I feel like the story could have been told a little bit different. Um, and I would have appreciated, yes, for entertainment. But I still think that real life still would have been entertaining. It would have been. People it, sat and watched Roots. But like you, <laughs> right, but, but, but like you said, but you know. But even that was, uh, was skewed too. That yeah. was yeah. slighted for entertainment purposes. Yeah. For us, our history will always be enriched. We will always love to hear about our history because we understand the adversity of our history. Mm -hmm. But in the masses of things, if they are trying to project this to the greater spectrum of things, they will always put it to make it entertaining, not an actual factual thing to be respected. When they depict um, Abraham Lincoln, when they depict anybody else, George Mm -hmm. Washington, any kind of film or documentary, it's very straight to the point because they want you to know the specific history. We're known, but not that we're known, but for certain people and the, we're entertaining. Mm -hmm. We can dance, we can sing, you know, we can do a good storytellers. We're great storytellers, but that's where they want to keep us. So a lot of the, way that they display our history mm-hmm. is to keep us to the world in that mindset of things. Right. But like but like you said about it starting it opening the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, because hopefully people have watches with their children or among their girlfriends and mm-hmm. these conversations are had and mm-hmm. research is done. Right. You know, we cannot rely on TV and movies mm-hmm. and music to be our sole teachers. Like teaching comes from these conversations. That's yeah. how you become educated. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just watch the Netflix and just go about your day and t- absorb all of that and mm-hmm. take it, you know, as um, fact opposed to surface, you know, value and then do your research out mm-hmm. of that, then you're just being, you know, ignorant. Mm-hmm. But it did. While entertaining, it did fluster me a little bit just because of how they depicted certain things, you know, to come to find out the relationship between Madam C.J. Walker and Addie or mm-hmm. Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, their relationship, while had tension, didn't, was not necessarily how the, ne- the yes, thing, yeah. you know, it was very um, 
it was very rooted in the light skin, dark skin, the right. mulatto versus the brown skin girl, right. you know, and it perpetuated that stereotype, which may very well have been, well, actually Part not very well. It was time. very, yeah, yeah. very prevalent during that time, but they built their relationship around the whole, colorism. you know, yeah. colorism. Exactly. Because in real life, she actually sold for Annie. She was one of her salespeople. Mm-hmm. And then she, whatever happened there, I would have been interested to see what happened and, and what what made her shift to do her own thing. Was she not being paid enough? Was she not, you know, being marketed like as the, the front runner, even though she may have been her best seller? Because could the conversation about, oh, well, they want to buy from people like me because I am the the model mulatto. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I am what people want to, you know, want to be. So it, was that con- the conversation right. that happened later? Like, I would have more so liked this other than, like, the war. Um, because I noticed that now we're more cognizant of it. And, you know, colorism still happens now. But, like, would it have been better if, like the people cl- looked closer to the actual people who were there in real life because we actually looked up what these people look like. Like they made Booker T. Washington like a mulatto. He was well. He was a little bit darker, but he wasn't like he, light, he, right? Yeah, he was clear. He was he was really 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 pale, just like with um, Abby on there. They made her like almost like a ginger mm-hmm. baby. Um, you know, the red hair, freckles, things of that nature. A really, little really long, more attractive hair. than the actual... Yeah, because um, yeah. like we were saying, you know, just because you're mixed mulatto or you're light-skinned doesn't mean that you're automatically going to look like, you know, Vanessa Williams or something right. like that. Like you can be light-skinned and not so attractive. You can be any shade mm-hmm. and you can have cute features and not be cute. It, it is what it is. So they made her on the Netflix series look like the quote-unquote quintessential mulatto right. like right. It, this is the ideal of of what that he should look like right and she should look like right um so were there any other examples of colorism that you saw in in it oh shoot of course the fact like even with the uh her husband mm-hmm. when he was doing the ad mm-hmm. remember that and he mm-hmm. drew it and he's just sitting there like Oh, the you know, walker the, walk, girl. the walker girl, yeah. the, the most beautiful woman, uh, Negro woman ever. And da, 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 da. and I'm sitting up there looking at this like, so he drew the exact opposite of his wife. Right. Yeah. As the most beautiful Negro woman. But your wife doesn't look anything, anything yeah. like what you drew. Right. It's just a light skinned version of, of the model white woman. Like, like, and in another instance, I think that when they, um, when Madam CJ, well, Sarah Breedlove, when Sarah actually um, found out that her husband, this is in a Netflix series, that her husband cheated on her, she was like, with her? Like, I feel like she was more hurt that he cheated on her with a light-skinned woman than him cheating at all. Yeah. I th- I think that that was the the hurt for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to see... Like, throughout the whole thing, you kind of saw, like, the the struggle with her being larger, with her being darker, and not being the model Negro, 
and how that impacted her multiple times throughout the series, like with her second husband who uh, abused her because he said that she wasn't, you know, like like a mangy dog. Right. (laughs) Because, you know, during that time, and this is actually that is very true for the time. um, A lot of black people did not have access to running water, so they couldn't wash their hair as often as it may have needed to be washed. So their hair was starting to fall out. And remember how we were always told that black people can't get lice? Yeah. Well, they were getting lice and losing their hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and uh, another instance where I saw colorism was when um, in, in the movie, in the series where Addie had the chance to be on stage. But as, you know, as someone who was this this leader in this in, in the beauty industry, but she'll be selling raffle tickets outside didn't give her the chance to speak but he commented on how pretty she was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we see a lot of colorism and sexism kind of you know fair together because if he had pulled madam cj walker onto that stage would he have said the same thing and that's actually yeah. more of discrimination because yeah. colorism is actually this discrimination against the darker skin so right. with addy yeah it was just it was highlighting um, the stereotype of mm-hmm. being the light-skinned woman. And she even said that when she was confronting mm-hmm. um, Madam C.J. Walker or Sarah, you know, at the end about, you know, I had to keep proving that I wasn't just some light bright. Mm-hmm. So you often saw um, colorism with Madam C.J. Walker and the stereotype mm-hmm. with, with Addie, right. you know, of being the light-skinned woman, even with her mother. Yep. I don't have to worry about you. you, you you're a light bright. Mm-hmm. Master might have cursed me with the daughter, but he gave you, you know, white skin and silky hair and da-da-da-da. So she always had to live up to being... The this, model Negro. Yeah, yeah. The, this this woman, you know, this, this mulatto, uppity, you know, better than type of black woman, you because know. Because that's how she had to survive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But then the colorism came in with Madam, you know, C.J. Walker with the discrimination of... Um, what do you call it? Not the, wanting the her ad. to sell or yeah. To, yeah, the likes of you. And it's like, ma'am, like if you needed anybody to market your your product, it should be me because I look like the people you're trying to sell it to, and right. my hair has grown tremendously using your formula. Mm-hmm. You know, like she said, people know that's buying your product. Uh, y'all didn't get this waist length hair. From your product, yeah, yeah. You, you got it from your daddies and your granddaddies raping your mamas and y'all being mulattoes. That's that's how you got that butt length hair, not because no mm-hmm. potion you created, you know. So it it was, it, it was just playing back and forth. That was definitely a theme of the movie, but that's that's what it was back then. Yeah. Um. So there was also a lot of ways that we saw sexism play. We kind of talked about it before. Um, of when um, Addie got to speak, you know, well, not even speak, when she was paraded on stage, but because she was a woman, they didn't let her speak. Because Madam C.J. Walker's whole thing about getting in front of Booker T. Washington was actually him getting her endorsement in order to get the investors to actually believe in her. Um, because while we did see a couple instances, so just to backtrack a little bit, um, the scene where she is with the investors showing them her idea, uh, you know, for what she wanted the factory to be, and then her husband kind of talking and them paying attention to him as if he was the one running the company. She's like, no, 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 this is my company. <laughs> These are my ideas. And them looking like, oh, we see who runs the paint, you know, who, who, has you know, the pants, had, yeah. yeah, in, in your family. And it's like, mm, 
okay, so people were all for the betterment of black people as long as it was the black man, not the black woman. Mm-hmm. Just like Booker T told her in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Like, she's trying to uplift the race. Like, he's, you know, portraying to, to, to one as well. And we want to do this and I got to do that. And, and uplifting the black woman is just as good. Yeah, but y'all going to make more than us. Right. Like, what? Like, that's, right. that's what you're concerned about? Why can't we all just do it? No. You know, so he, I, I didn't know he was an ass. Did not know that. Especially. I was today years old when I found out that Booker T. Washington, God bless him, was indeed an ass. Yeah. At least how he was portrayed. Right. Um, because to me, a lot of the times, like, a lot of people forget, and I know that we've all probably heard this growing up, black women were usually the breadwinners because their goal was to diminish the black man and his abilities, right? So black women were the ones who were the mate, like job, there were more jobs for women than there were for men because they were the ones doing laundry. They were the ones being, you know, right. They were doing domestic jobs because it was harder for black men to get jobs, you know? So most of the ones who did get jobs were the ones who were lighter skin. Like they talked about, one woman wanted to uh, said that uh, when Madam C.J. Walker moved to St. Louis and she was trying to sell her product, that the that she would use it because they said that she didn't have the right look to work, to work in, in this hotel, right? And then when we did get into the hotel, what did we see? People who are fair skin working those jobs, and those jobs work did pay a little bit higher, but she didn't have the right look because of her hair. Yeah, because it started to become a less of because there was a time where black women could only wear scarves on their head. We did see that in the beginning part of the movie. But her, and another thing that Booker T. Washington said was that he did not want uh, to parade and make Eurocentric features the norm. Mm-hmm. But that was necessary in order for them to survive. So Madam C.J. Walker and, you know, Annie, a.k.a. Addie's products were able to help women do that. You can't play if you ain't in the game. Right. You right. wanted to play. Exactly. But she even said, I'm never trying to make our women look like white women. Right. I want them to feel beautiful. I want them to feel confident. I want them to be able to have that seat at the table. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, you got to be able to, to, to get in there to, to, to play with the big boys. If you're not even at the table, you, can, you, you can't. can't play. Yeah. So it just wasn't like that. Like you said, you know, black women, the minority of the minorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are definitely a lot of themes throughout this movie, especially with racism. They were talking about how after the the great white hope was in the fight with Jerry, John, somebody, whatever. Black Jack Jack Johnson. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, When they were in that fight, after he won and beat a white guy. 26? 26 or 70-something total probably, whatever. But black men were lynched. Mm Mm-hmm. After the fight, yes. because some white people felt some type of way, uh-huh. and they were hung because of a fight had nothing to do with them. Nope. That's why doing my family tree gave me a headache because I'm like people just disappeared, and in my brain I'm like, well, I don't know if they were lynched, mm-hmm. I don't know if they were burned, or just all I don't records know if they kept. moved, right? Because the only thing I really had to go by was the census. Yeah, if they weren't in the census and I couldn't find it in the tri-state area, I just assumed that they were murdered. Yeah, they're still uncovering mass graves. Mm-hmm. Um, not even from that long ago. I can't. I wish I remember. There was a from. school or something recently that they uncovered a was mass, literally on top of a mass mass grave. Graves. Black people were discarded. 
Mm-hmm. And um, unless we keep our own records, they're not going to keep a record. And that's not saying like everybody's bad and all this other. It's not a conspiracy theory, but it's just facts. There's mm-hmm. so much of our history that we do not know and we'll never know for sure or for certain. And so we get to those pearly gates and get to meet the actual people. Because it's just our uh, our history is just very much so disregarded mm-hmm. for what it's worth. And a lot of and that's because of all of the stuff that we use today that maybe other people have gotten credit for. Mm-hmm. The credit re- rightfully goes to us. Mm-hmm. To one of our ancestors as somewhere down the line, but it will never be given. Right. Just like, do you think the family of the guy who actually made the light bulb work Right. His family is getting money? No, exactly. he got a street name out of him in California, though. A street name, but where did his family get the money? Because Thomas, Thomas Edison was known for stealing black people's ideas the and then copywriting them. Exactly. So he I'm going to be quite frank. I was sitting here the other day like, I can't name a single white inventor. I can tell you who made the stoplight, the light bulb, peanut butter, toothpaste, bubble gum, the GPS, the cell phone, all of them came mm-hmm. from but us. But none of us mm-hmm. got paid for it. Mm-hmm. All of the richest people, they call it old money, old stolen money. Because they stole it from somebody who didn't have the means to protect themselves. Yeah, They didn't have the way or means to get into the door and copyright it or, you know, do everything. And, and, and even if they had the opportunity to copyright it, who says that it was legal for them to do that? Right, because there was what? What alcohol was, was created by... Um, Wasn't it Jack, Jack Daniels? Jack Daniels. That was probably the Negro, the name of the Negro they stole it from. Yeah. And his family finally just got money from it and because that was his yeah. recipe. And we'll never see a job. How many generations did it take? Mm-hmm. They'll be writing the same amount of generations for them to get a payout from that. It's just sad. Our history mm-hmm. was snatched from mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Our black history. And this is just, ugh. Like, it's a lot, you know? It's like... More than one episode worth. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty go much. On and on about that one, boy. exactly. Because I feel like the Madam C.J. Walker, like I think it should have been longer. I would have oh, liked. I would have loved to see part one be about her childhood, part two about her middle years, and three could have been the last four parts. Like this could have been twelve episodes. I would have been with it. I would have been with it. I would have watched the whole thing because I would have been interested to see how her parents died. Her relationship between her parents, her childhood growing up, going to school as yeah. a darker skinned woman. The same details that gave in that Hitler documentary, I would have loved to have on her. Because you understood why he did what he did, how mm-hmm. he did what he did, and da, 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 his mother and father. And you, get, you were able to and allowed to grow empathy for mm-hmm. the person that he was. I would have liked the same thing for her. Yeah. I want to know who she is. I want to know, like you said, the childhood, the parents. How, how did she grow up? Yeah, outside the flashbacks, it is kept showing. Yeah, there were like Like, small flashbacks. Yeah, but even like, because we were talking about this before, like there were small details that were like, all right, that was unnecessary to stretch. Because she was like, I was married at fourteen and pregnant by fifteen and And widowed by by twenty. Her daughter was but it was only two years. But when we looked it up, it's two years. Her daughter was two years old, which means she was widowed at seventeen. Why lie about that? Why did that have to be changed? Who in the writing room was like, you know what? Mm, let's make it 20. Why? Right. You know, I just it was just unnecessary to have to really sit there and try to like right. overturn all of those shows. The same thing happened to my relatives. She married at 14 to an older dude who was sick. 
He needed someone to take care of his child. The child I have not been able to track down. Mm -hmm. That's who I'm like. That's disappeared. But after a couple years, it was like um, two of my Vaughn relatives, which are the only Vaughns like of my lineage, um, were born. And then he died. And then she got married to somebody else. Right. So it's like, I would have loved to see that story. Like, even though they may have not thought that it was important, I think that it was. Because we kind of see her motivation afterwards Mm -hmm. based off of the story that they created. But I would have, I feel like her motivation could have been more of like, I've had to depend on men. Yeah. Right? For survival. I was 14. I needed this guy because I was, you know. A child. With my (laughs) sister and her my brother-in-law abused me. Yeah. I would have liked to see that dynamic. I feel like that would have been better than a light-skinned, dark-skinned thing as a force of And it was so played out. Yeah. Even though even though it was very much real, right. how they depicted their relationship was completely, or not completely fabricated, like but it was definitely exaggerated. Right, right. You know, like you said, she was selling, you know, um, Annie's product. Mm-hmm. She never denied her that at first. I want to know what really happened right. to where you know she took this woman's formula mm-hmm. and regurgitated it as her own. How did we get there? Right. You know, opposed to because it made more sense, quote unquote. Yeah. Even though it was wrong to steal this woman's formula because of how she nasty she was. The yeah. light skinned woman was victimized, being the snobby. You know, um, yeah, she was nasty. Yeah, she was nasty. Even the one who slept with uh, Blair Underwood, um, Mm -hmm. um, Uh, CJ Walker's husband, CJ, CJ Walker. They had to make her the the promiscuous one because you know it's it's always that. Oh, she thinks she all that. They just kept perpetuating that stereotype. The stereotype. I would have like agreed so much to see what really what really took place. Yeah, because I I would have loved to see the relationship with her second husband like we see like how did you really send your daughter to school still be with your husband and you washing clothes making a dollar and 50 cents yeah i wanted to that's the history i want. like i you know it's like was the daughter really low-key a lesbian i want to know that did they fabricate that <laughs> you know was she a lesbian or did she just never get married and but you know obviously she did adopt mm-hmm the young lady, but was it for TV to make her a lesbian? That's why she adopted her? Or in real life, did she just really adopt this young girl who really needed a home? Right. Or just because she not have kids? like <laughs> Exactly. So I'm curious to know if her family signed off on... Well, no. She, so the like great-granddaughter is an executive producer. Okay. So I highly doubt that. So that's why she, she said it's for television. She yeah. was like, this was for... You know, she was like, some of the stuff in there is true. Mm -hmm. Some of it is for entertainment purposes. Some of the characters are made up. Some of them were real. And unfortunately, you have to play for your audience. So if if it was the way that we would have liked to see it based on, you know, um, our mindset, Mm -hmm. maybe the ratings wouldn't be as high. Maybe the conversation wouldn't be as intricate. Mm -hmm. So maybe just to kind of, ooh, shiny object to capture the attention Mm -hmm. of people um, for entertainment purposes to start this dialogue of, okay, what really happened? Let's Mm -hmm. find out more. Let's uncover. You know, you make an observation, you have an obligation. You know, one of my favorite mantras that I've Mm -hmm. adopted um, while at Morgan. So, like, 
you feel like you have a duty to now find out more. And, mm-hmm. and like you guys were saying earlier, a lot of things that we grew up knowing or being told, we found out it's like it was a lie. But there's so many other negative things. It was like a lie for the greater told. good. Yeah. Yes. Because everything is like black people are this, black people are that. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So even if these, we have these dark moments. <laughs> we we not gonna talk about them. They mm-hmm. they talk about it enough on on mm-hmm. our behalf. We we gonna just tell our babies and our generations after us. This is what happened. Right, because we don't know. Because I know LeBron James was also instrumental in making this happen. I saw his name pop up. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was just me. Okay, yeah, yeah. no, he was he was very. I think he was like one of the larger financial backers for the project. Beautiful. I, I saw his name in the credits, and I just thought I was like, oh, okay. Um, but also, you also had to think about. I don't think Netflix thought that this would have been as big as it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of times Netflix has their hand in certain things. And I know sometimes, like, they're starting to get better with black cinema on Netflix. Like, Harlem Nights is on Netflix. Yeah. I was just talking about Harlem Nights. Good. What was it on? I don't know if it's the last episode of Isolate the Podcast or the last episode of the No Class Podcast. But I want them to remake Har- Harlem Nights. Really? Yeah, it was uh, No Class. It was on No Class, yeah. I want them to remake Harlem Nights. Yeah. I want them to remake it so bad. I don't know if they'd so be able bad. to. I don't... I, because of how... That, that, I, I want them to bring it back. I want that to get... I want people to... Like a re-release? It, re-release it. A lot of these movies, I want like The Color Purple and everything. Yeah, everything Mahogany. Do you mahogany. know how much stuff... I've been looking for that I can't find that's like great black cinema. Yeah. yeah. I know Amazon Prime has some of them. Yeah. Amazon. I want to watch Juice. I was going to watch Juice tonight. Like, well, watching, I mean, Fever watching Unsung the other day with Christopher Williams. And mm-hmm. it kind of like reopens all of these things. Like, oh my God, that was my song. And then I went back and watched the music videos on YouTube. I'm mm-hmm. definitely a big YouTube person. So I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I'm watching this and watching that. I'm like, oh. Every little thing you do, that was on the soundtrack of Juice, and I'm seeing like all of the. Um, yeah, because I saw Juice. I wasn't supposed to. My not Juice. It me. wasn't Juice. Um, I'm tripping. Oh my gosh. Ah, I do want to watch Juice. Juice is in my head, but no, that's that's not the movie that it was on the soundtrack for. But I'm looking like New Jack City. There it is, New Jack City. I do want to see Juice, but it was for on the soundtrack yeah. for New Jack City. Honestly, and I'm like, I want to see that movie. Been yeah. like, there are certain networks that I expected more from. Who was seeing the movie Serafina? Not since I was like eight Sarah when it Fina. came out. Well, that was Whoop, um, Whoopi Goldberg, right? Whoopi Goldberg, yeah. She doesn't get a lot of um, accolades for a lot of things to do. Yeah, I was a shelter kid. That was a lot um, of stuff I didn't see. Um, Unless it was on regular TV for free, I did not have cable until I was eighteen years Brooklyn. old. Brooklyn. You know? Crooklyn is a classic. I've seen Crooklyn because it, it started coming on TV. Like if it was on regular schmegler degla free TV, yeah. like I saw it. Um, like I used to watch the Color Purple all the time. I loved the Color Purple <laughs> as a kid. Um, Brewster Place. I'm oh, Brewster Place. Yeah, I've seen Brewster Place as an adult. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the one. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw the re. Did I see the original? I think I watched part of. Yeah, I did watch. I've watched the original. Brewster Place. They re. They remade it though. It's a 1990s movie. Um, my they remade it though. A lot of these movies. So the original though. Now yeah, that's I've seen the original too. The original is what you want to see. That has Oprah. That has a lot of big yeah. hitters. Yeah, because I remember the scene. Oh, where, send it to me. I remember the scene of when she was in the bed with her baby and the rat. There's that scene. The one scene that I can never forget in my that, life oh is my when her baby was playing. One of the young ladies is a, is a um, 
like it's a, 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 a dupe brownstone. Yeah, it's a brownstone. Yeah. Do, yeah, it's a brownstone. Everybody lives there anyway. The you one know how to split up in the apartments. Yeah. yeah. Baby was playing with a fork and an outlet. Oh, shit. That was a, and I'm just leaving it at that. But Brewster plays. That's a lot yeah, of the black baby got cinema. bit by a rat in in the because the rat was crawled into the bed. They had lot of lesbian couples on there. I mean, it's a it's a amazing. But uh, uh, Claudine movies like that. Um, I want the, need to be re-released so that the younger generations because if you TV one, if you're it. listening, hello, because there's <laughs> message. <laughs> like there's certain things like with certain like networks I expected them to be more than what they are like before BET was sold like I would have expected BET to be like you know in the morning black led you know kids television you know kids TV shows in the morning cartoons on Saturdays for teens with black superheroes and teen summit nobody knows Rich, uh, Olivia Cole. She was amazing black actress. There's uh, a whole lot of black people that are only famous to black people. Listen, I was just talking to somebody about that. There's there's a mainstream celebrity mm-hmm. and black celebrity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of actors that black people know like this. Mm-hmm. And other cultures unfortunately don't know them. They're and like, what are you talking about? Who's that? Like, listen, you don't need you need to see this movie. You need right. to see this those, show. Like, cause in the nineties there were those straight the straight the VHS movies. That you start to see kind of pop up like the newer version on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see the new Fresh Prince remake. That's like the darker version of it. Will Smith was like, "Yo, <laughs> the darker version of it's it." It's like a darker version of it. It's like the same characters, but you know how like the Fresh Prince was more of a comedy. Yeah, this is more of like a dr- dramatic like take on it. Uh. So this guy's kind of redoing it, and he made like a GoFundMe for funding, and you saw the preview, and you were like, "Oh shit, that's really, really good." I'm about to check that out because I don't know. I'm just not. I am not a fan of remakes. At all. It's like Not a reimagining of it, but like taking, having like a different take on it. Yeah. So from the previews, it, it was, it, it seemed good. like it was going to be good. It's because you know me, I, if I feel like something's going to be BS, I ain't even going to participate. Like right. I love television and movies that much, but I really do want there to be a channel where I can just go back and watch Dorothy Danvers when I could go back and watch all these like great movies. Like I hear RuPaul talking about movies all the time on his podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the hell is that? Right. And that's another goddamn thing. We have Dorothy right. Dandridge. That right. that's who we got. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and a lot of people might feel some type of way. I cannot stand. You can like who you like. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Marilyn, she was the shit. Marilyn, that was Dorothy's girl. She yeah, should, you even know, she was on black people's side. Yeah, like, like Marilyn definitely helped many a black entertainers. Mm-hmm. You know, Cotton Singers, Club. Yeah. Oh, you ain't letting her come into the scent tonight. Well, you, I'm gonna I'm, 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 I'm head out. If you don't let her, however, before, what I don't like is <laughs> idolizing yeah. Marilyn Monroe when we have Dorothy. Mm-hmm. That pisses me off. I can't stand going to black women's homes and they just got Marilyn's ass all around. I don't care. Right. I said what I said. I said what I said. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't stand it. Just because it's like, we have Dorothy. You know, she was and not Diana recognized. Ross. And Diana. And Diana. We, we have so many people. So it's just like to always see see everybody Caucasian else. Like, images, be, yeah. like Betty like Betty Boop. Betty Boop was built black. off of a black woman. Yes, absolutely. And, and a white like, woman came in and stole the ideal of it. And then they used 
her in Betty Boop, the like in racist ass cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Because I used to love Betty Boop, but once I saw that, I was like, oh, hold on, nope, not nope, not done with her. Exactly. So, because it was literally a black scat artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look just like her. Look just like her, same voice, and then someone imitated it. White woman saw it, was like, oh, I'm gonna steal this. Yeah. And there we went with everything else. <laughs> exactly what it was. So they have like they they have the re-release of like Betty Boop clothing, but it's with the black, you know, the black version. Yeah, of it. absolutely. Yeah, and that's. So I was trying to remember her. Um, and I had just looked this up too, just because I got so irritated with the whole Marilyn Monroe and the depiction of. Like, can we get our own Betty black Boop? version of Disney Plus called Blackity Plus? Like, I don't know. Not Blackity Plus. I don't know. Something. I look. I just want to be able to go back and watch all of those old movies. Where is the black Cinderella? Where is my brand in my own little corner, in my own little chair? Do you understand that I'm huh? on title? For I've been looking for this soundtrack. Only time I can listen to the music that depicted my whole life in my own little corner, in my own little chair. I could be whoever I want to be. Yeah, and that was my. I yeah. can't find the soundtrack. I can find the soundtrack to every other movie on like Apple on um title. That's because Disney. But I cannot find it anywhere else being sold anywhere else. Even Disney, other Disney um, uh, movie soundtracks are on there. So that's not an excuse. That's but true. the Black Cinderella. How many times do you see that being played? Now that was wonderful because you had the Brandy, Asian Prince. Yeah, right? black. And it just made no Asian sense. Like, white daddy, black mama, Asian son. This role, you know what? You got it. <laughs> but do you don't see that? You see the princess and the frog mm-hmm. as the first. No, she wasn't the first black one. Mm-hmm. They're trying to tell you that. First she, black animated look, one. Yeah, but yeah. Brandy, she did her thing. All of them. Whoopi Goldberg, she's done multiple movies and multiple little off mm-hmm. off mainstream things that deserved yeah, a lot of Yeah, that was attention. groundbreaking when I that saw it. That was right. And you, as a child, you, you didn't, didn't know it. You didn't appreciate it. You, you didn't, didn't understand kinda, it. Oh, no, as a kid, I definitely I, I understood yeah. it was an Asian I was like, there's an Asian prince? Oh, my God. And as as black power as my mom was, I definitely understood and knew that something was different. it was important. But, yeah, yeah, like, it was pivotal. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, like, I know it. But this is, and he's white. He's Asian. She's black with dreads. And then (laughs) we got Brandy, and she has braids with the curls. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then the mom was like, uh, the stepmother was white with red hair. She so, <laughs> you like, saw it, it didn't like, make sense, but you were kids and you were still I was innocent. I felt I like, like in my huh. own little yeah, corner, was... in my own little chair, I literally could be whoever I wanted to be. Like, because this was after I went to the Million Man March. This was after I watched Roots. So, to mm-hmm. see that, I knew how big it was. As a child, and I knew I was amazed at the diversity. I was like, hold on. Like, yeah, you're looking at it like, wait a minute. That's, that's, that's. That's supposed to be happening. I'm like, like, is, it's a I was like this is very unrealistic, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I mean, exactly the thought. Exactly. Well, I don't know if this could ever take place, but I'm here because as a so child, like, it was in my brain, time. Jasmine was black. Oh yeah, certainly. That's why they should be re-released because those things like that. Um, those are I just like, brought it up to my family. Is black? She's Egyptian. In my brain, she was Egyptian. I didn't think she was Middle Eastern. I was like, I was like, okay, cool. They got an actual brown person being Egyptian. Because, you know, Egypt's yeah. a desert. Like, my brain said Jasmine was the first black princess, Disney princess, and that's why I liked her. You Listen. You're actually yes. right. Yes. 
That part. You're I was right. Excited. I was like, yo, she's light skin. She got jet black hair. She bangs with tigers. That's my girl. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, she, you know. Here. I'm like, okay. Because we cool. always she, saw Cleopatra and everybody as white. White. Yeah. Yeah. Like, white. I remember watching those old school Egyptian movies. Like, like Elizabeth Taylor three, being yeah, Cleopatra and stuff. And I, my mom. I would walk out the room. My, my mom was like, you don't want to buy like Critiquing no. it. She would just say what it was. Like, you, you do know. So I knew at a young age that, mm-hmm. no, those people really didn't look mm-hmm. like that. No, my mom would tell me, like, not nah, Felicity, they look like you. They look like me. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And that's how I knew it. So everybody doesn't have that benefit i was blessed enough yeah. we were lucky enough to have parents that pointed out the differences mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you with little black children little brown children little cream colored children you have to point out the differences no my baby doll you are different and that's a good thing and not you know don't think it's yeah. bad but you're unique you're different and this that's the history that they're showing you this is the history that it actually was right yeah because my great uncle like no matter if it was my birthday easter christmas i had some black book yeah some black yeah. book about black people like that was my great uncle like yeah. that was pop pop he made he's like did you read like I and mean, he would check and did you read it i'm like you gave me a whole encyclopedia no, but did you read it three thousand pages i'm still reading the last three books you gave me shoot y'all remember kenya dolls <laughs> I, I had, had one yeah. yo, my i had one that looked just like me she and my scares. sister had the light-skinned one i had about seven of them Mom, mommy would not buy me a- white baby dolls because being a biracial child it wasn't that i wasn't told about my culture you know my italian heritage my irish heritage my you know german heritage however it was very clear mm-hmm. you're a little black girl right you know like, that don't and, and so the barbie dolls were black the the kenya dolls had mm-hmm. all of them hair lotion and beads sticky hands every day you know mm-hmm. um I was ex- we went to the black owned bookstore. We watched the black cartoons. We went to the museums. Like it was, it was, it was. I was um, black. There was so, no question about who I was. Right. Yeah. So as growing up for me, I my parents, I guess, also you're black. This is who you are. We want you to have black things to look up to. But there are also other people that exist in the world. So growing mm-hmm. up, I literally had a doll of every ethnicity. I had a Mulan doll for to represent Asians. I had a Pocahontas doll to represent Native Americans. Like I had one white Barbie doll that was blonde, but that was you know it's like I had I had dolls from different cultures, but I had more black dolls than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had Kenya. I had the black Barbie dolls. I had the you know because they had what what was it? Kelly was the black Barbie. Yeah, was it Kelly? No, yeah. I think her name Kenya. Was no, I the black the, Barbie. I thought the black Barbie doll was Kenya Kelly. Kelly was the Kenya dolls was her own thing. No, no, no. There no, was... Kenya dolls, but I also thought the Barbie, the what black Barbie was named Kenya as well. I could be wrong. Because I know that there the were Kelly... a couple ones. There was like the darker one and there was like a medium skin one. What was her name? Because was Kelly the little... allowed me to purchase and have black dolls. Yeah, I wasn't was it. allowed to have. Uh, if there was someone who purchased me, a yeah, Kelly was the little. Doll. Remember, Kelly was the baby baby. Oh. She was the itty baby. I had all. I did have those. Um, I wasn't allowed to have any kind of white doll. My Christy. mom barely didn't okay. buy me um, Barbie dolls because she didn't like what it represented yeah, in general. So, in general, I never had a whole bunch of dolls. 
Um, I had everything. My parents raised me gender neutral. It's weird. American Doll. But my mom didn't like the idea that was portrayed about Barbie and the forget Just the whole, you know, Barbie and how she looked and all this stuff. And She wasn't into that. She was really <laughs> militant. So anything that had to do with Barbie, my mom was not for. Kenya Dolls, I definitely did have. Um, I did have like a Barbie dream house, but it was never with the actual, uh, an actual Barbie doll. Yeah. I would have like off type doll. Yeah, like the off-brand doll. Uh, but I would never have anything to do with Barbie because she didn't like whatever. Oh, I, yeah, I definitely ended up collecting Barbies as I got older. But my parents also, growing up, my toys, again, were diverse, but they would, if there was like a black version of something, I had it. So like the American Girl dolls. Yeah. The only books like that. that she would buy me was the black one. And I was like, well, why is she the only one that looks like a slave? She was. Always. And it was Addie. Yeah. I ha- and I had the big poster because the posters came in the books mm-hmm. and Molly and all of them and it showed what year they were born from what time to what time mm-hmm. I was so I'm a, very, a really big history nut right. love history so like the American dolls oh they were everything yeah my uh, it was so my house was so interesting because I feel like my parents always wanted there to be more a balance of what I was exposed to like as a child my great uncle got me into musicals as a grown ass adult, I'm like, oh, I've never seen West Side Story. I'm watching it. I know all the songs. My mom's like, <laughs> you would watch that nonstop as a child. How do you not remember it? And I'm just like, why do I know all of the songs? She's like, every day, every single day, you would watch this. Or certain jazz songs will come on and I know them. And I'm like, why do I know this jazz song? They're like, uh, you used to listen to Moms Mabley. Like, exactly. Like, your great uncle would play jazz for you. He would do this. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think I was like the only nine year old with a Billie Holiday Strange Fruit cassette tape. Mm. Like, that was me. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm doing uh, my yeah, hair. Like, was, everybody else can yeah, do their black good, history yeah. on Rosa Parks and Harry Tubman. Oh, and I the same thing wrong with that. But I did mine on Billie Holiday. We did, I did the whole jazz mm-hmm. club. Like, I. Like, yeah, there's so much more out there. Yeah, for Black History Month, my mom would make me do someone other than. Yeah. She's like, you can't do the same person every year. Like, I was Erica Badu for Black History Month one year. Lovely. I'm I like- had the head wrap and everything. Like, my um, computer teacher, Miss Exebo, she was the one who got our parents to sign permission, and we watched Roots in class mm. as kids. And we're all covering our eyes at the... At the, uh, the when the slaves were whooped and which yeah. happened frequently she's like oh don't you divert your eyes because this is what happened to your ancestors in real life they couldn't hide and went and we're like oh, they get shit. beat for looking away yeah like, they were forced to look and i think the reason like um Kiss it now. wasn't it Ooh. wasn't as though i wasn't exposed to other culture because i was raised for the first couple of years of my life very diverse mm-hmm. areas however I was always, you know, sleep, eat, breathe, shit, (laughs) black, 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 because of me being extremely fair skinned with Mm -hmm. hair down to my waist, Mm -hmm. you know, because it wasn't, I never had too much of a question of who I was. Mm -hmm. Everybody else did, Mm -hmm. you know, so I had to be, I had to double down, double down and understand, and and, you know, it was, it was, you know, you two white for the whites, two black, you know, two, two, two blacks for the whites, two whites for the blacks. If I sang a certain song, how you know that song? My mother was like, same way you do. Like she, you know, people Mm -hmm. asking her, oh, she mixed or Telling her to her face, that ain't your child. Like, touching my hair. Ooh, what weave do you put in her hair? So having to be 
I'm constantly educated about us being in all different flavors, all mm-hmm. different shades from the lightest mm-hmm. to the light to the darkest of the dark. You know, we come from this side of the world to that part of the globe. Mm-hmm. So always being quizzed, taught, exposed, lectured, mm-hmm. you know, it was just fed into me because I had to know and not necessarily to defend myself, but to be able to stand 10 toes ta- down into mm-hmm. who I am mm-hmm. because other people always want to question it. So right. she made sure I never had to question me. Y'all can question me. I'm not questioning me, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. Yeah, it was just definitely something that's, you know, that's great to have. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I kind I hope that people are still doing the same thing for their kids. Yeah. You know? Because I... I don't see, like, the stuff that we were, granted, it was a different time, and now people are a little more sensitive to things. I do, I know that they're not going to show roots in schools today. That's something that's just not going to happen. The parents would protest and call and everything else, but, like, I mean, they would skip through the sex scenes, but, um... Expose our children to yeah. things that we had the privilege mm-hmm. to be exposed to. Yeah. Like with my little son, he is very fair skinned. And I, example, I didn't know that I was light skinned ever. I knew I was black. Mm-hmm. I was always raised as a black woman. Mm-hmm. My mom, I didn't, I was learned, I was always taught to respect other people. Remember Gullah Gullah Island? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I respected yep. everybody's culture, but my mom always made sure to know, know in fact that you are a black woman, nothing else. Mm-hmm. No matter what mixture you may have within you, you are going to be always looked at as a black woman. Mm-hmm. So you carry yourself as a black woman. So now at this grown age, I am simply black. I don't count anything else. I count my blackness mm-hmm. because that's what I am seen as and that's what I'll be respecting and I hold myself to for my son I show him as much that my mother allowed me to be exposed to within reason some of the things that I got exposed to um, like don't be a minister South Central um, juice those things for me were very aggressive mm-hmm. um, so I won't expose him to that just yet. When that he's is, a little bit yeah. older, yeah. because it's so much violent mm-hmm. and it's so much boom in your face. Like that's right. what you got to deal with. How the process is coming at you so right, quick. right. And so when I remember me being little and having to Watch digest it. that, yeah. break that down in my little mind, and understand that this is, this is it's real, but it's it's fictional. This right. particular story is fictional, and knowing the like, separation, this may be someone's life, but it's not what life is. Right, right. And, and the depths of it, mm-hmm. I had to break that down at a very young age. I won't do that to him at this time, but certain other movies like The Color Purples mm-hmm. and things like that, mm-hmm. he does know. Mm-hmm. Even down going to so far as uh, The Last Dragon, mm-hmm. our black Bruce mm-hmm. Leroy, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, Meteor Man mm-hmm. oh, yeah, was yeah. a great black superhero, first of all. And Might as well just go ahead and go with Blank Man, too. Blank Man, I have absolutely exposed What was the one with the superhero family? Was that just another Meteor Man? A, I think that no, was no, a no, TV no, no, no. show. Because wasn't he, the guy who was Meteor Man, What didn't he play in that? It was like a black super family that lived in the suburbs. Uh, he might have. Uh, he's a director, so he's directed a lot of things. He actually was one of the directors, mm-hmm. uh, creative directors in that Meteor Man movie. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot. That's another one of the black celebrities that's not no mainstream, mm-hmm. but he's produced 
quite a bit and directed yeah. quite a bit of movies. But things like that, I do expose my son Because he was in the Five Heartbeats, right? Yes. Like Robert yeah, Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Because I want, him, I want my son to know that you are one above all. You are a black man. You are fair-skinned, but you have to know your history. If you know your history, no one else can tell you about it. You mm-hmm. can't be swayed any other way. Right. It is important for these children to know that. Mm-hmm. The depths of that, because yeah. then they can, it gives you a sense of power. Even though I was light skinned, I never really, um, I always saw myself as a black woman. I always mm-hmm. had coarse hair. <laughs> I mean, my hair was always in pink toes like everybody else. Like, mm-hmm. I had long hair, but my, shit was, my, my hair is different. So I, I got that. I never got picked on in the sense of that. I got called white girl quite a bit, but me too. As far mm-hmm. right, but as far you can get that from speaking properly. Yeah, and I dealt with that a lot. But I want him to know, have a sense of self, um, and know yourself. If your parents kind of groom you while you're in the house, when you go out there, you have a sense of pride, mm-hmm. a sense of you know awareness, so, mm-hmm. awareness about yourself. When I was back in the day, and I watched Serafina, I was proud as hell. I ain't know, like, I could, what's going on? <laughs> Let me talk. When I watched Fruits, I was proud. Mm-hmm. When I watched Amistad, I was mm-hmm. proud. Mm-hmm. It gave me a sense of empowerment, so that way, when I go into my school, and they only wanted to talk about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks right. on Black History Month, I was one of the little kids that stood up like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so and so-and-so? Do we have to learn about the same it's, three people? Yeah. I got kicked out of class for that. Do we have to learn about the same three people every single year? Because I know black history is way more than this. Mm-hmm. So what else do you have? And I got sent to the office. Yeah, I had three books growing up. My yeah. mom copied three books about black people yeah. that she had found using school paper and school materials. But she would be like, go through this book and uh-huh. pick someone to write about. You uh-huh. have a whole set of Britannica encyclopedias. Your great uncle gave you the black version of it, too. You better not choose anybody that is done all. Everyone's going to do Martin Luther King. Everyone's going to do Rosa Parks. Malcolm X. Because right, and Malcolm X. Like because even when you and you're an adult and you grow up, like I went to a PWI for college. I was the authority on everything black because I was one of the few <laughs> black people in the class. Mm-hmm. Like I think I had a class on like. African American history, yeah. and it was filled with because people thought it was just an easy class. Mm. So it was only two black people. It was me and my friend Fernando, and we sat in the back of the class because we're like, well, for us it's easy. This is an easy A. We'd be doing homework for other classes, but our teacher would rely on us to tell you, you know different stories right, and backgrounds. Like you were there, right? Like, <laughs> like, right, like we sat right next to rolls of punks. Like hell no, we won't go. Like no. So like she literally was like. All right, so what is something that is a very big misconceived notion about Rosa Parks, right? And I was like, that it was planned. That and she everybody was the first was one like, to do it? She was, yeah, the first one Because to she do it. wasn't. It was, right. It was a girl who was, what, 14, 15? It was a teen. Mm-hmm. It was another it was little teenager, black yeah. girl, but she was, because she was a teen, mm-hmm. unwed, mm-hmm. and pregnant, mm-hmm. she wasn't a good look. Right. So that's why. Yeah. It was, you know, Rose's the, the face. Right. So, Fernando and I were literally bouncing off of each other, giving this information. And people were looking at us like, I'm sorry, what? Shout out and I was like, patience. you know, she was actually, you know, a lot um, older than what she was. But they, because she looked younger, that's why they used her. And this was the second go around with this. And, um, you know, and we just started going over things. But it's like, sometimes when you're black and you're in white spaces, you are the authority yeah on black information it, it's, it's so definitely, you gotta know it, yeah it's hard because sometimes like i just said like i got the patience but 
I love learning moments, mm-hmm. you know, to where I can go ahead and educate you. Mm-hmm. And black people too. Shit, I have to I have to educate more black people than I have to do do anybody else. Yeah. My mm-hmm. comments, um, when people say certain things to me on social media, I get looked at funny. Um, somebody had asked me when I wore my sweatshirt that says black girls stay winning, whose sweatshirt do you have on? I, I beat many of asses growing up. I mm-hmm. got my hair pulled out. I got my hair uh, ripped out, cut out. I've had so many. I had to defend myself all the time just because of being fair skinned. People saying, you know, people you like Fee and me who are mixed yeah. aren't real black. That's right. the most the misconception mm-hmm. that light skinned people think that they're better. Yeah, that's such a big misconception. And it's yeah. even worse because you have dark skin, light skin, but then you have mixed people. We don't get accepted by either one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like when Miss Teen, Miss USA, Miss America, Miss Universe, Miss World, Miss Galaxy, Miss Solar System, when all of them were black, mm-hmm. but half of them, you know, were, were mixed out, oh, she don't count. The fuck not? Like, right. sorry. Like, like we got all the titles now, you. Right? Because it's like, <laughs> why? This whole crab's in the barrel. Yeah. And the thing is... <laughs> A barrel is not even a crab's natural habitat. Someone preached to me. I don't even understand. Exactly. Like, it just irritates me, the whole conquering the vibe. I mean, Willie Lynch is really looking up from hell, laughing. Right. Like, damn. Ha, ha, that it really works. Gotcha, nigga. <laughs> gotcha. Like, that, it really worked. Light against dark. Male against female. Emasculate. Take the take the man out the home. Did this. You know, like, this. these to- toxic cycles these yeah or even seeds that were planted they're still rolling hundreds of years later just like black americans versus africans like why is there that divide that exists huge that is still a problem like we still have all of these issues that exist within our community as well and it's like like i know of a a parent and i'm like well you know their kid is about to be in college. I'm like, well, have you had a conversation with them? Like, you know that that talk that parents have to give their kids about, you know, being black in this world is like, yes, your kids may be lighter skinned, but they, they, you need to have this conversation with them before they go out into the real world. Because I, I had the conversation with my parents plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Plenty of times growing up and the conversation may have changed throughout like, once you were able to start going out and hanging out at the mall with your friends on your own, my parents were very much so like, look, when you go out, this is a perception of you as a black kid, you know? And I didn't really see what they were talking about until I was an adult. Yeah. And they tried, this white woman tried to accuse us of stealing and this the security was wrong because they said we tried to steal something out of a Disney store. We're all the way in a different store because you know like the Disney, when Owings Mills was still open, yeah. like what was it, Rave mm-hmm. versus where the Disney store was? That's a little bit of a bop in between and they approached us because I was with my sister and her friends because we honestly barely went in the store. They literally stood up by the register and was like... You know what? Now, we're not going to get our friends something from here. We'll just get her something for rape. All right, cool. And they tried to say we stole a keychain. And the security tries to like, um, oh, let us check you, blah, blah, blah. I said, first of all, they're minors. You can't check them. I'm the only adult here. Their parents are not present. Therefore, you cannot check them. And I was like, you know, I was like, so if you would like to get a police officer, mm-hmm. have them come up here and call their parents then you're allowed to search them. No, one girl was like, no, it's not a problem. I'll, I said, no, 
because I will sue the Disney store. I will sue this mall and own it. You do not have that right. And I'm the only adult at the time that was the one responsible for them. I was like, this is why my parents always wanted us to have a chaperone. Yeah. And there's some guy recording it. I was like, so you're recording minors? Are you a pervert? Delete that footage. Not hand me a phone. And I was like, first of all, we're not even in that store. You've lost jurisdiction. We're in a different store now. So you waited all because we I was like, we've been in a store for about 10 minutes. So you tracked us down, not having any type of proof right. outside of this woman saying that something was stolen. Did you do inventory? Did you pull a movement report? When was the last time something was sold? When was the last time you actually did inventory? And she looked, I said, yeah, because there's a movement report that you can pull. I worked at the time I worked at Walgreens. I was like, we pull movement reports all, all the time. time. Yeah. When someone tries to return something that we just put out five seconds ago. Mm-hmm. It was not sold. Who? Like, no. Exactly. And she was mad. And I was like, y'all can go. Mm. This is. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, parents need to have those conversations with, the, with their kids. Fortunately, it's not something that all cultures have had to do. But especially with this coronavirus, people were starting to treat a lot of Asians really messed up. Because like now they're no longer the model minority right, because like of this coronavirus. After 9-11, you know, people who, you know, are of the Islamic faith and are from the Middle East are often targeted. Um, those conversations are things that need to be had across the board, unfortunately. Um, and this is something that we all face regardless of how light or, or dark you are. Um and I think that we just need to banish this whole, I don't understand why it's still like a competition thing. And I know it's perpetuated by the media. I know that that's something that really happens because a lot of people are like, well, on this television show, why does the person always have to be someone who is, who appears to be biracial or someone that's in between? And I right. think that, and I definitely think that the media definitely plays a portion, uh, a, a big part of it. Um, as well because usually like if it's a black person in a movie and everybody else is white it's usually someone who is Asian or someone who is black who is biracial listen when I was younger I used to always wonder why how come in every music group there was a dark skinned one a medium one and then a light skinned like one like 3LW <laughs> Three L W. I mean, all of them. Uh, what's the book? Even T L C. Eleven. What's it? Seven O two. Yeah, Seven O two is the same. Uh, black. Yeah. Well, they were all. They were all. All like three a caramel. Destiny mm -hmm. Shell, especially. Um, yeah, T L C. Any type of group. There's always been a color combination, and that's yeah. so mm -hmm. irritating to me. Yeah, I know more funny looking biracial girls that I do of black skin girls so to perpetuate that a light skin girl is prettier than a dark skin girl or yeah, dark skin girl lot, yeah. is annoying to me because I'm yeah. like nah it, I, I've, in my eyes I've seen it opposite and I yeah. don't know because my mom is like my mom is dark chocolate so that might have an assistance in how I see women because I don't right 
at the meat to me like I mean all skin is beautiful skin as long as alive and you in it is gorgeous mm-hmm. being and be happy but I've never seen a light skinned woman being in my eyes being more beautiful than a darker complexion no, woman I always seen light skinned women like red bones like a little bit I don't I see all women as beautiful but to me I see other women darker complexion women. I, I like their adversity. Mm-hmm. I, I see them as a little more beautiful. Yes, dark-skinned black women, light-skinned white women have, both have hardships. And this is a different conversation. So I won't go too far into yeah, it. I mean, we've talked, we touched women, on this somewhat, yeah. Black women deal, darker-skinned women deal with more outward effects and difficulties than outwardly. So it, I can get in the door. I'm light-skinned. I can get in the door. Right. But what does that dark-skinned woman have to do to get endured? There is absolutely a difference mm-hmm. in how they're treated, how they're respected, and how they're looked on to. I love all women, but to see what other... Like, my boss is a dark-skinned woman. Mm-hmm. And I know if she were to say something that another light-skinned woman has said, they're going to look her, at her as confrontational. Mm-hmm. As a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like a better terms. They go through a lot more. Sometimes your complexion does save you. It doesn't shield you from afflictions or issues and things that may come but it does give you a little bit of a backing you won't have to take the hit as hard as a darker skinned woman darker skinned woman my mom even as a dark skinned woman didn't realize that I dealt with issues Mm -hmm. it's not saying that you don't deal with any issues but yes you do with different issues Mm -hmm. absolutely and I think sometimes you know I'm hurt uh, you're hurt too. We we can't argue wounds because mm-hmm. you're cut. You might have have gotten thirty stitches, and mm-hmm. I might have only gotten ten. Mm-hmm. My cut still hurts. I still need to heal from my cut, but that doesn't mean your cut's not worse. A right. good documentary is two of them um, called Light Girls. And that one follows the documentary of Dark Girls, mm-hmm. and it talks about both both issues you mm-hmm. know like like fee said light-skinned people go through just as much we just go through a different fight mm-hmm. dark-skinned women go through just as much just a different fight right. you know so it talks about the the different expectations and the perceptions and and the ideologies about behind certain things and, right. and you know what's desired what's this what's that so it was very enlightening and that is the end of episode two of I Slayed the Podcast. And I would like to thank my wonderful guests, Cece and Fee, for being here with me today. And, you know, I just wanted to go ahead and, and sign off for you guys and let them know, you know, let you guys know where you can follow them um, for more content. Because, you know, between Fee and Cece, they do some hilarious stuff on the gram. So go ahead and <laughs> and, and let them know where to go ahead and, and follow up with you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I'm Cece. And you can follow me on the gram at officiallyme underscore Cece Marie. Hey, y'all. My name is Felicia, a.k.a. Fee, a.k.a. Felice. I don't have an Instagram right now, so stay tuned. What happened to your Instagram? Girl, I deleted that, John. What? Is that why you did do my challenge? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> you know how many DMs I sent her that just went unseen? God dang it. And they, they don't tell you. They still let you, like, tag people. 
It's cold. They they hold on to your name for you. Cool. But make sure that you follow Islay the podcast on Facebook at Islay Pod, on Instagram at Islay underscore Pod, on Twitter Islay underscore Pod. Um, make sure you know if you want to email us any topics that you think that we should discuss in later episodes, or if you would like to be a co-host because I am rotating. Uh, who's in you know who's riding a passenger or co-pilot? So you can email. I slay underscore podcast at gmail.com. So remember, you can listen to us anywhere you can hear podcasts. So make sure that you share. Um, if you go on uh, at I slay underscore pod, there is a link tree for everywhere you can listen to us. SoundCloud, Apple, we are on Spotify too. So we pretty much everywhere. Um, um, yeah, just one place. I'm trying to get on uh, iHeart. That's the next one. There's you got to do some special stuff. But either way, uh, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. Um, the YouTube channel will be launched next month. So look out for that. And uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, to Isolated Podcast. Bye.